picking up good vibrations. She's giving me the excitations. I'm backing up Good morning, good afternoon and good evening everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Positive Living Vibrations with myself, Sarah Troy, and my guest today, David Alderson. Some people are born to be liberators, guiders, inspirers, and we cannot help the path that was given to us. It's what we have to walk. And David has an extraordinary path. It is most certainly of awaking, and it's very, very divine. And he's here to help everybody understand their, I won't say spiritual path, I'm going to say divine path, because our divinity comes to us from, from many, many different levels. But it's all about tuning into the consciousness, being awoken, understanding what we're here for, living a meaningful purpose in life. There's a little something that he wrote that I rather like. He says, we know the struggle of trying to change your life, or how hard it can be to make even one change. Hours every day just to change one attitude, a response, a habit, a belief, an outcome, a relationship, work, ill health. So many aspects of our life demand perfection and order for us to move on. Accomplish what you want, fulfill your goals, and sometimes just get through the day. Where is the happiness, the bliss, the freedom, the love, the purpose you were promised? Is money a constant struggle? Why? It shouldn't be. I think every one of us can relate to these struggles. And, you know, we talk about living in your bliss and trusting the universe and everything happens for a reason. But sometimes it's so hard to actually change our mindset to receiving those changes so that you can receive the bliss in life. So we're going to be talking with David today of how we can do that. What is the journey that we need to take? He is author of Awaken to Who You Are. And you know, folks, it doesn't matter what you want to do in life. There is no escaping you. I'm afraid you are going to have to embrace you and what your purpose is here at some point in your life. And uh, with people like David and others around there to help you on your path, you're not alone and you don't have to worry about doing it perfectly. It's just doing it. David comes from a Jewish background or is Jewish. And so, of course, he he's uh, had some many, many different types of religious experiences, but it was an intuitive right from the word go. Um, somebody told his grandmother that her daughter would have a child who would do wonderful things in the world. And a mother went to see the same psychic, not knowing the mother. The psychic said to the mother, your son will do wonderful things in the world. Well, Dave, before he even knew it, had the pressure on him to succeed, and succeed he has. So let's share our journey, his journey with um, us today, and the things that he has done, how he awoken, how he followed his path, the things that led him to doing what he is doing today, which is liberating you to your divine life. Welcome to the show, David. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's, it's quite a joy. I feel kind of humbled when you read all that, because it's just kind of it, it is amazing, and yet to me, it's just like us. As we get up every day, we do it, and we go through a day, and then at some point in our life, we can go, "Huh, that's kind of amazing." So, um, so I appreciate all your kind words. I think, I think we need to do more of that, don't we? We need to look at our accomplishments more, and not constantly our struggles. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, years ago, I uh, one of one of my big I don't know if the word is complaints or revelations or whatever, but uh, I was 
watching how, you know, we look at the media or we look at our own lives or we just go out into the countryside and the beautiful surroundings. And we'll have this mindset that um, if we're, say, out in the country and we see trash, that's what draws our attention. If, you know, the news media, you know, billions of events are happening on the planet every day, but the news media has been getting better. But, you know, for the longest time, they only tell you the most horrible, upsetting things they can find. And it, it's all based on this principle of what's wrong with this picture which, at least in this country, uh, we were taught from a very early stage because it's on the cover of every issue of the children's magazine. They have some fantasy picture of, you know, kids playing park or whatever it is, and they have somebody's upside down or, you know, all kinds of little things that are meant to develop your um, perception that this is the way things ought to be. This is, you know, this person's upside down or the bird's flying upside down or the ball is going through the tree or these are little things that can be fun but it turns out early on that we constantly go what's wrong with this picture and we kind of need to reverse that you know for ourselves um this is not in the book at all this is just you know we need to be kind to ourselves and instead of what's wrong with this picture when we look in the, in the mirror every morning it's yes right with this picture what have i done that's good what's what's amazing in this world this is an amazing world, and it's a challenging world, and in some ways, it's a stupid world. Yeah, I agree with all of those. In some ways, it's a little bit cruel, but it's also incredibly beautiful. It's incredibly amazing. It has grandeur that cannot be seen elsewhere, and it allows us an opportunity to grow in a way that can't be done elsewhere. And uh, it's it's just it's just amazing here, and we'll talk more about that as as we get on. But I, it's it's uh, we have a, a great opportunity, and we just need to kind of allow the lens to go. Even if we start with what's wrong with this picture, then then take a minute at the end and go, well, what's right with this picture? You know? mm-hmm. And with everything is a choice in life, isn't it? We have that choice. And, you know, I call the, the drama that they're constantly giving you the, the CNN effect because, you know, drama sells uh, because they're selling fear. And with fear comes along another product called control. And, you know, we've got to make the choice in our life to actually take ownership of our own decision making. And, you know, really look into to who we are, why we are, what we're really doing here. I hear all the time people saying, I'm only one person, what can I do? And I say that if every single person raised that vibration, if every single person lived in their true purpose and authenticity and in love and light for themselves and one another, you're already contributing. But it's up to us, isn't it? Each one of us. It, it is, and I and I hear and understand what you're saying, but I'm also very aware, again, of that part that you read, how hard that is. It takes, mm-hmm. it takes a leap that so many people aren't prepared to take because to be comfortable we have been, and you talked about fear, but to be comfortably who we are, we have actually been trained in some cases under violent duress yes. to not be who we are. I mean, yeah. you take little, little kids and they go to school. They're made to go to school. They're not necessarily psychologically ready, in, even in terms of their ability to perceive space and time, to move from the house to some distant school, which has completely different architecture, which has completely different size rooms, and all of that can be very disorienting. 
and yet we make them do it, and we make them do it, you know, two hours before they're ready to wake up, and make them sit in the classroom, you know, without moving, and if you have to go to the bathroom, you have to wait or raise your hand or all of these things that are very unnatural, and you're not allowed to talk to the person next to you, and come on, that's what little kids do. I mean, they just, yeah, exactly. They want to it's quite demeaning, they... actually, isn't it? You know, it's it's you know, you have to have permission to go to the bathroom. That should be a right. You know, communication should be encouraged. Uh, kids should be taught on, um, to explore to be inspired by life and explore and ask questions. And instead, it's you sit there, you sit still. You have this drone <laughs> teaching you yeah, something yeah. that really you don't relate to. And if you don't get it right, then you get yelled at. Yeah, it's quite intimidating. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember once when I was in first grade, uh, you know, the teacher was doing whatever it was. And the girl next to me asked me a question. And I always thought when somebody asked you a question, it was common courtesy that yes. you just answer it, even though I knew that there was a risk that I could get in trouble for doing it. So I answered her question, and I did get in trouble. I had to stand up at the front of the board or whatever it was, those humiliating things that they made you do. And then to really, you know, make matters worse, the principal who came into our classroom three times the entire year came in during the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the psychic said you were special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just, you know, and, but, but, you know, we're, we're taught that, and then we, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, and then in middle school, just, you know, the whole educational thing is just one humiliation and one yeah. grind after another, and then, and then it's not get a job that you want it's get a job that pays well or you, you know the whole yeah. thing so and then and then for us for you and i sarah to say okay but you have choices and you, you yeah should do it's impossible it's so so mm, impossible, not impossible for these if you know the road if you've got the right guiders if you've got the right inspirers if you're willing to take that step because so many people are totally imprisoned in that life that they didn't choose for themselves, that seemed to got chosen for them. And they're, they're banging to get out. You know, let me out of here. But they're afraid because they don't know what else to go to. And, you know, when they see other people living a life, like, you know, you've dedicated 40 years to this. Um, you've got answers there. And it's a question of, in, uh, of inspiring people to want to know more, to ask the questions, to not to be so fearful of what the answer could be. And, you know, bit by bit, they'll take that journey, but they're inspired into it. Nothing is impossible when we choose to at least open up our minds enough to the possibility. So, so here's a couple of things that I want to uh, lovingly, I'm not sure if I want to, if it's disagree or just add another flavor to you. First of all, um, they did make a choice. Everyone who's in the situation that they're in made a choice either consciously or unconsciously. They made the choice by choosing, yeah, I want to take up fencing, I want to take up archery, I want to be in the military, I want to do whatever whatever it is. Many people chose the challenge that they're facing with the idea of, of overcoming it. Now, the fact that it turns out to be overwhelmingly difficult here is another thing we'll talk about in a second. And then the other people chose it by virtue of what of the actions that they chose to do in the past, and it's their karma. And I'll, I'll use a, a, a very interesting example. Um, there is a book called Embraced by the Light, which was one of the first books that I ever read about a woman who had, they called them near-death experiences, but my take on it is you died and then you reanimated in this life. And while she's out of the body, 
these three, we'll call them angels, are guiding her here, there, and everywhere. And they take her to a place where there's some homeless alcoholic. And they say to her, what do you think of this guy? And she passes the judgment that, that most humans would pass on her. Oh, derelict, I'm you know, not doing it. And they all completely turned her attitude around and they said, no, no, this is actually a very divine being who is doing this to support a friend. And when I read that, that just completely opened up the possibility that, that things aren't necessarily as they seem. And in my work, in my work uh, connecting people to Divine Mother, which is what I do, time and again it's come up that she says there are actually a couple of reasons why you could be a homeless drug addict. And one of them is you are a slouch. <laughs> and it's past karma and it's, you know, yeah. they're making the wrong choices. But another one, she said, is there are actually places in creation where these very righteous beings have been through very intense battles, for lack of a better word. And instead of, and, and this is their treatment for uh, relieving what we would call uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, they, they, they just say, I just need downtime. I just need mindless, not thinking of anything, absolutely no responsibilities. And they say, fine, you can go to earth and you can just be doped up for, you know, 60, 70, 80, 90 years. That'll get all this out of your memory, out of your chit, and you'll be good to go again. And sometimes yes. it actually takes two or three rounds of it. So we yep. could be looking at somebody who's homeless, and we could be passing judgment, and yet in, in God's eyes, this is an amazing being. So it, it's a good it's good for us not to cast judgment. So. Yes, no, no, no judgment. Just uh, I'm all about possibilities. You know, I'm all about that if, you know, if, if we've, and, and of course, the people that I interview, you know, most of them have actually come from, it's a redirection. They've come from something that has been horrific that they've had to overcome. Exactly. Um, and, and you know, they decided at some point that, you know, I'm, I'm living a living death. I'm, you know, there's no... There's no purpose for me here at this, at this time. I'm not contributing to life. I'm not contributing to my life. And something has redirected them into embracing, you know, their diva, their dreams, inspirations, visions, and aspirations. And, you know, they want to learn from this and help others learn from it. And they become the guiders and the inspirers. And their achievement to overcome their challenge is so awe-inspiring that it, it helps people believe in the divine. It helps people believe that they too can take this journey. That, you know, that fear sometimes is just fear. It's just a word. And that living in fear is more crippling than overcoming the fear. And that by the example of other people and what they have done, it gives them the courage and the possibilities that they can overcome too. Exactly, exactly. And I just want to clarify, when I say it's impossible, we actually have a solution for it being impossible. But I want to, I want to go with what you're saying right now, which is because that's exactly the scenario. I was at a restaurant with a friend, and someone that, that my friend knew that I didn't know came in, and she was, um, I'm going to say in her 50s, and she was hurting. She came in, and she, you know, uh, sat down at some table by herself in the restaurant. My friend went over to talk to her and called me over and said, you know, my friend has just been diagnosed with Lyme's disease, and she has all these symptoms and, and, and stuff. And I and I immediately got that, you know, from, from my guidance, or that this woman had, had asked for this. Um, 
And so my response to her, which was simply, and someone was simply, so now that you've created it, what do you want to do with it? I think we actually said, now that you want, now that you've created this, are you happy? And she just kind of glared at me, which is understandable, <laughs> which is understandable. But, you know, we yes. ran into her months later and it was still worse. But here's a woman who had wanted an excuse she wanted people to give her sympathy. Yeah. She wanted the attention. Yeah. She wanted all that. Now, counter that to a man that I had pleasure working with um, a, a few years later, who just uh, within three weeks of his 30th birthday came down with multiple sclerosis, and ap- apparently pretty bad. And after that, he got married. He had three beautiful daughters, and he started an incredibly successful business. So he's going around in wheelchair and he has this very successful business and because I'm working with him and because I'm a healer I go to think well you know are there things that we should do to help him get rid of his MS and the answer came resoundingly no he is so proud not in an egotistical way yeah so proud that he's showing people you don't need to be stopped by anything that all of his major accomplishments happened not because of you can overcome so yes, when you talk about those people who have overcome huge things and then they turn around and they that's perfect. That's exactly right. And that's what so many of us are here to do, to turn around and help the next, help the next, help the next. And, you know, you know, not, as you said, the person with the Lyme's disease. I mean, you see this over and over again. I'm afraid I've got this in my own family, um, you know, feeding the problem. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody gets through life without having some form of health issue. You know, part of that is, you know, circumstances or environment or stress you know it's just things that happen to our body but it's how we choose to live with the body and and whether we allow it to dictate our lives or you know um you there might have to be some compensation in the way you live your life but not you know giving into it what are you going to do it doesn't mean that your life is over it just means you have to adjust the way you're living it mm-hmm. and those that decide to feed it you know rather like the drama in the cnn as you said they're looking for a sense of value in their illness instead of, you know, celebrating the people that choose to, like one woman I had, I wrote a book called I Laugh in the Face of Cancer. And, uh, you know, she got rid of her cancer for a, a very old Indian way. It literally took 18 tumors out of her body where her brother went the medical way and they killed him, um, over uh, radiated him. And, uh, you know, for her, it's, it's, it's about, we have options. These are the answers. Um, but all you can do is put them out there, like with your programs. You can only put them out there. You can only invite. Other people are going to have to get over their fear to say, I am going to take that step forward. Right. And then, and as you said, we inspire them. We, mm. There was some, another person I worked with who called us up, and he was, I'm guessing, 40s, um, late 30s or 40s, and married. And he had reached a state of debilitation where he was, he was taking I believe a PhD, some advanced school program, and it was actually in um, a very spiritual program uh, that he was involved in, but he had reached a level of health where all he could do was basically study and get his schoolwork done. He couldn't feed himself, he couldn't get washed, he couldn't do all these things, and he called up and said, what to do about it? And, you know, we connect to Divine Mother, it's what, it's what we do, and the first thing she said to him is, but this is exactly what you asked for, you asked asked for to have no responsibilities except 
this? His immediate response was, no, no, wait. <laughs> uh, okay, Somebody got lost in translation. To to my wife, I don't want to do this. I yeah. said, we change it. She said, sure. You know, there's ways to do it. And this is the point. This is the point is, you know, just what we said to the woman, you know, who had Lyme's disease is having created this, you know, are you happy? You know, we do we have that choice that we, in any given moment we look around and where we are is something that we knowingly or unknowingly have created and which is why we say that no matter what happens the appropriate response is thank you because either it's happening because you asked for it in which case you say thank you or it's happening because you've just wiped out some horrible karma from the past and that's gone. And thank you. That's yeah, not on exactly. the table anymore. Either way, we're good. So, but but the but again, the thing is that in every given moment, we have we have a, a choice. And um, I, I to, this is uh, I hate to go. Can I go? This is this is actually a point in the book, and I'd love to talk about it now. Yes, please do. Okay, it's one of the things that we say that it, that it, that the book covers. Um, picture book fun, and uh, we say that it that in every moment that you it's what you've created. Now, what you do, and you create it in two ways. You create it because the the situation is around you again, either because you desired it knowingly or unknowingly, or karma. Uh, we desire things all the time when we see somebody do something on TV and we just have that very innocent thought of life like that. That's a desire that gets fulfilled. And whether we make it a priority or not, those things get fulfilled depending on, you know, where we are in the process and how strong our thought force is. It can be fulfilled easily, quickly, very lightly. We can think of orange juice and just see a picture in a magazine of orange juice, and that could be the fulfillment. Or somebody brings us a glass of fresh juice, orange juice. So whatever is happening is happening because either we've desired it or it's past karma. But then here's the, here's the kicker. When it happens, we then have the choice of how to respond to it, how to evaluate it. And so we can evaluate it either in, in the whole range. We can evaluate it as something positive or as something negative. So I stub my toe. Now, is that the worst thing in the world? <clears throat> Excuse me. I've tripped in front of a whole, I've stumbled in front of everybody here in Times Square and millions of people have seen me and now I'm going to be embarrassed the rest of my life and I'll be afraid to go out of my door and I better stay home. And, and we can play that whole scenario or... You just laugh. Yeah. Like, oh, thank you. And that response is key. Not what happens to us, but how we choose to respond. And everyone has absolute control. Even if they have habits, they need to change. It's changeable. It's very changeable. I, I completely agree. You know, you know how many times I've slipped and fallen um, because I don't have the greatest balance. And it's like uh, I always managed to do it gracefully. Even when I broke my ankle, you know, I had a skirt on. I was carrying picnic baskets. Uh, you know, I bounce a few times. I break my ankle in three plants. My, my skirt is down and I'm still holding the parcels. You know? <laughs> and it's yeah, you know, how we do it. You know, or if you've fallen, get up, take a bow. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Make it a dance step, Exactly. You know, we're all going to do stuff. And yes, some of the stuff can be very embarrassing sometimes. And so kind of laugh with the embarrassment. Oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. You didn't see that, did you? You know, because there isn't anybody that hasn't been through a moment like that. 
I had a, a friend when we were in college, and we were all in the cafeteria. So there was like 200 people in this cafeteria, and every you know, getting their food and eating, and we have to get back to class and everything. And then this guy, he dropped his tray, and immediately complete silence. Of course. Because every, <laughs> and everybody turns to look at him and everything. And this guy was a ham, and he just he just threw his arms up and said, "Yes, it was me." And he named his name. And he said, "I dropped my tray, and it's a big mess. And the peas are over there, and the carrots are." He just turned it into a great little show, and everybody applauded. And he went out, you know, and he got a new tray. And that was it. But he played. I mean, he just had a blast. You know, he, he completely had fun with it. And uh, and we can do that in every way possible, even in the most dire situations. Because, because here's the thing, Sarah, we're here to experience. We're just here to experience. And from, you know, you read all these books about people who have passed away. There's, an, there's another book um, called Return from Tomorrow. I think it's by George Miller or something. Here's a man who, uh, in his experience of leaving, there's a point where his whole life is played before him. And there's other beings around, including Lord Christ in this particular case. And he said as he's watching it, he's very aware that no one else, none of these other very divine beings around are passing any judgment on any moment. And he said this movie, he said it included things that there's no way he remembered. He had no idea where it came from. But the whole thing was that no judgment was passed. And at the end of the movie, Lord Christ says to him, what did you do with your life? And he says, he just, and he's a 20-year-old kid at the time, and he just said, but you just saw everything, you know? Uh, I mean, that's his thought is. So he, he said something about, well, I earned this eagle pin in Boy Scouts or something. And Lord Christ said, well, that glorified you. And, you know, it, it's, a, it's a very interesting thing. And, he, you know, he learned from that. He went on to become a doctor and, and uh, healed people and, and, you know, devoted his life making people more comfortable and everything again having some situation in one direction and then having an awakening and then turning, turning completely turning around, uh, which is, which is a, a real theme here because it's, it, this is a very harsh place and it allows for that. And it's a challenge. And a lot of us like challenge, you know, a lot of people, if you just put them on the Pacific, the Pacific Island or you put them somewhere on the beach and they tell them all they have to do all day long is sit on the beach and when they want something to, you know, a nice cool pina colada or whatever, they just snap their fingers and it's going to come. You know, how many people on this planet will go nuts after a week oh, or two? Yes, most certainly. You know, what is there to talk about? What is there to do? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm a person who needs purpose in life. So although it would be very nice for the first couple of days, so this is cool, then it's like boredom, need to do something, <laughs> need to be participating. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, I just want to backtrack a little bit. Um, you reminded me of a story of, of somebody I interviewed where who had been ill for nine years and none of the doctors, no tests, anything could come up with what he was ill with. Um, but he was ill. And then one day he was sitting on a bench feeling really, really down with himself. And this guy came up to him and they started talking. And um, And the guy said, but why are you ill? And he goes, what do you mean why I'm ill? I'm ill. And he said, no, why are you ill? Do you want to continue being ill? And the guy said, no. And he said, then stop being ill. And he said, it just and a wave of epiphany came over him. And he stood up and said, I'm not ill anymore. That was it. He was not ill anymore. 
and it had been a kind of a psychosomatic illness where the illness became the illness. And when he decided the illness wasn't there anymore, it wasn't. And another little thing is in the universe, always be careful what you ask for, right? You, when you desire something and you want to manifest something, make sure that it is truly what you want. Because when you do get it, what are you going to do with it? Um, yeah, this is uh, an interesting thing. This, is, this, this exact point uh, is why we're, we're coming up with, in a few weeks, the desire course. And I wasn't planning it, but this is, I'm sorry, this is a perfect opportunity. Uh, a couple months ago, I started getting information from Divine Mother, who at the time said, you know, no one, just this exact point, the point about be careful what you ask for. She said, you know, on planet Earth, she said, um, it's like 90, 98 point something. At the time, she said 99, but it shifted a little bit. 98.8% of the people on Earth do not know how to desire something, how to ask for something in a way to get it, mm-hmm. to get what they truly want. They ask for the wrong thing. They ask for orange juice in such a way that they get fro- they get a picture of frozen concentrate. <laughs> so, so, and that's the fulfillment of it, but it's not what they wanted. And then she said an interesting thing. She said, and 50% of the people don't know how to receive it, mm. even if it comes to them. Yeah. And right. she said, so So this, that's, this course is coming up, and I don't want to go into it right now, but I just think that's an interesting point about, you know, when you say, be careful what you ask for. We've never, been, you know, the things that, you know, we, uh, we talked about the educational system and what it does, we, we, and, and, but one of the things, it, it never tells you, uh, and they're getting better. They're trying to get better. But they don't tell you, by the way, when you, this is, if you want something, this is how you get it. If you want to achieve something, that your thoughts are important, that uh, how you express your desire, who you connect with. You know, in, in certain literature around the world, one of the first things they tell you is keep the company of the wise. And they say that's where you're gonna that's where you're gonna you know learn what you need to know and whoever birds of a feather flock together whoever you hang around with is what you can assimilate and most of us are taught very early on or because of our innate desire to want to be liked we feel we need to fit in with the crowd and that's a shame because when we honor our own integrity we empower yeah. those around us to honor their integrity. And uh, a friend of mine at work, we were talking to her, and she, she works in a health food place, and they make a, uh, they sell a they have a particular kind of uh, supposedly healthy bar that's that's on sale at some great price or something. And her boss told her that she should tell people about it. But she, we knew we had discussed, and we said, no, this is not a good company. This is not a good product. It's actually very damaging to people. It, it's it's a company that that is not interested in your health as much at, or if it is, they fully they don't fully understand certain things, or I don't think they're particularly just in it for the money, but they definitely don't have the right product. It's a it's a right. interesting product, and she knew that, but her boss kept telling her that. And I said, I said, you need to honor your integrity. You need to just not mention that. Just there's plenty of other products in the store that are on sale. There's plenty of other things that you can bring out. And if somebody asks you about it, you can just say, I can't recommend that. And exactly. she did that. And she did that, and then one of the other workers came up and and suddenly started doing the same thing about another product line in the other part of the store, where he just said, you know, people ask me about this, I can't, I tell them this is not good, 
this is, you know, you want this stuff over here. So, so you just immediately see that when one person does it, the next yeah. person does it, and then the next person, and it snowballs. And, and you have to honor only... your own integrity, don't you? You know, it's, you know, don't become sheeple. Don't just because somebody says it's good, and if, you, if your gut says not, um, or your information says not, you know, it, it isn't. And uh, follow your own integrity. You won't want somebody to sell this to you, and then you find out it's detrimental to you. So, you know, be that honor, and don't impose it upon other people. Exactly. And one of the things about that is that if you do know it's not good for people and yet you sell it to people, karmically you partake partake of it. But but here's the interesting thing. Honoring your integrity, and I just want to make sure your listeners get this, is not an excuse for rudeness or abrupt behavior. No. You can honor your, if somebody's doing something that you don't believe is appropriate, you can honor your integrity in a kind way because if you do it in a kind way, if you do it starting with praising something about some quality, there must be some quality about them, uh, about the situation or whoever you're displaying this to that you admire. And if you talk about it that way and you just, or you're very gentle and just say, geez, I understand why you want me to do that, but I just can't bring myself to do that. Then everybody can walk away and they can feel honored and you can feel honored and it's an empowering situation. And if you just draw out your sword and chop off their arm and say no, yeah, it's a bloody mess and yeah, it's surgery exactly. and it's expenses and insurance and we don't want to do that. So. You know, the thing is, is what makes us such extraordinary people is our diversity. And you know, if everybody brought the same dish to the table, how boring it would be, and lack of nutrition. We need the flavors and the spice, and you know the the different ways of of bringing a dish to the table because that's how we celebrate life. We want to celebrate each other's opinions. It doesn't mean you have to agree. It doesn't mean that you have to convert. You know, it is you incorporate what you what really resonates with you into your life, something that fits in with who you are. But until you open up that table to the feast of life you're just not going to know what is out there and we've got to stop you know going after people that only think like us and uh, open up to the way other people think because we will learn and we're all looking for the same thing aren't we you know love purpose meaning dignity um we're all looking for that in our lives but we look for it in different ways you bring up a very interesting point, Sarah, in that one of the, that we've been, we've been watching it, we're all aware that there's some shift going on on the planet, and it's very dramatic, and some people refer to this whole thing in 2012, and which is still ongoing and will be for another year and a half, but there's, there's huge changes uh, in the physiology of the planet itself, and therefore in the DNA of everybody here, and everything's very dramatically shifting. Mm-hmm. It's said that the shift in the human race is going to be as dramatic as the shift that led to Cro-Magnon becoming Neanderthal or whatever the sequence was, where they where they described it as a completely different level of species, as a completely different different thing. And so we have this going on. And actually, right now, uh, under Divine Mother's guidance, what she said is the world is actually at a state now where we don't need to have wars anymore. No, but Nobody knows what. <laughs> yeah. Nobody knows what they should do because nobody's telling them, and so because they're in this, and we've all been in that situation where we suddenly realize we have we have complete free choice, and we've done it one way for five years or ten years mm-hmm. or five hundred years. We've done it one way for a particular way, and we have all these other possibilities, and we're just 
literally lazy. We just go, well, I don't really want to think about what it would, if I went a different way. So I'll just do it the way I've done it. And we've all also been slam dunked when it's happened where we go, oh, God, shouldn't have done that. Um, and, but that's what's going on. So, and so much of the wars and the, um, the hostility isn't based on hostility anymore. It's just based on habit. And yes. here's the thing, that this diversity thing that you talked about. Every, every, every country, every state in the world has something glorious. And the whole, the whole point is to enjoy that incredible diversity. We have that unification in that we're all people here sharing very similar experience. We have the same five senses. We have the same five organs of action for the most part. We have our minds. We have our intellect and our egos. And, and to whatever level of our own personal education and development, we're being presented with this glorious flower garden. It's got roses, but there are thorns. And it's got, you know, daisies and sunflowers and which have those those fabulous, what is it, Fibonacci sequence of the, the sequence of the seeds and the sunflower and just all of these different things. And it's our pleasure to wander around and discover those parts of the garden that bring us the most joy. Yeah. And we don't have to destroy anybody else just because in that process and we're coming to that we're coming to that we're coming and it's going to be getting easier and easier and people will find and this is i want to get back to this point because i don't want people to feel scarred when i said it's impossible the whole point of what i do of what you do of what thousands of other people are doing is to change the environment so that it goes from impossible to effortless so that yes. it goes for from us having, from us looking at ourselves, and just just exactly that guy on the bench you talked about, mm-hmm. where nine years goes by and he's thinking a particular way and, is, and it's just a way, and then someone comes along and says, "By the way," and then we go, "Oh," and so when we look at ourselves and we say, "Oh, I have this bad quality or that bad quality or anything," and then we beat ourselves up and it's a big. What what we're trying to get to, and we're getting there very quickly through the work of yourselves and the, the network that is being created around, is that situation where it's just that simple that someone will come up, and it could be ourselves, come up and we look in the mirror and we go, you know, I'm tired of being annoyed about that word all the time. I'm just never going to think about it again. And they don't. Instead of getting up every day and seeing the ward on the side of the nose and, and kvetching about it and on and on and on and they're never going to get married because of it or whatever dramas, they're not going to get a good job because of it or whatever they've allocated, suddenly it's just going to be gone. They're just going to go, oh, it's not worth thinking about anymore. And it's not. It never was. Yeah. But it was a choice. But it yes. Was a choice. Well, you know, we, you know, we talk about violence, and you know, it's a an eye for an eye. And um, you know, I did a show on this uh, last week on violence begets violence. And yes, you know, the first thing our reaction is when somebody hurts somebody or does something horrific to somebody, like the um, the journalists um, that got beheaded. Yes, it's so absolutely wrong, um, and you know, we shouldn't tolerate it. Uh, we do have to hold people accountable, but you don't go to a war on a whole country for a few people. Um, you, have to, you, you know, it's like cutting off, the, the, obliterating and bombing the whole body because you've got, you know, a virus in one section of it. You know, we have to stop looking at the, you know, the eye for the eye and, you know, I'm going to take up arms against somebody because they did me harm. We have to understand why they're doing it in the first place. Is it a lack of education? Um, is it uh, egotistical power? Um, is it that they have no consciousness and they don't care? Um, you know, look 
to see if we can educate them into caring or building conscience. But we can't go after the whole nations, you know, because of a few. And it's we have to change the way our thinking in life. Yeah, and, and it's very interesting because it's not always the case that we have that retaliatory... Not every culture on Earth has that tradition of retaliation when someone does something, yeah. when, when someone gets hurt. Many of them have, uh, and granted, they're few and far between and very native uh, Aboriginal type of people who are very, you know, part of the land and everything, but there are tribes here and there that their first is, okay, we better get everybody together and help this guy who did the damage because yeah. something's amiss. And they, Exactly. And they You've got to understand the why and how to correct exactly. it. Exactly. And this whole... The, the eye for an eye in retaliation is not quite the same thing. An eye for an eye has um, been misinterpreted as so many things have. Um, it actually was a. It actually comes from Jewish tradition, and it was it was compensatory. It wasn't that they meant literally he lost an eye, and therefore judiciously we're going to take out the, this other guy's eye. It was he lost an eye, therefore some level of of his life has been has been removed and you need to compensate for it the equivalent of an eye which may be five cows and a lamb mm. i mean you know based on on what that was and then somewhere you know it was basically you know an eye can eye tooth because whatever you do it, it it should it should be appropriate but lord christ was very clear he said you know when someone strikes you turn the other cheek he's not telling you that for the other person's sake he's telling you yeah. that for your sake because here's the thing when somebody strikes you, that was your karma. Something coming back to you. Thank you. That's done. That karma is now dead. The ball is off the court. And if you turn the other cheek and you walk away, it's done. Never to trouble you again. But if you pick up the ball or the bat or the racket and you put back in play by striking them, now at the higher level of evolution that you've achieved through whatever means in your life, you've now put the ball back in play with more retaliation coming back to you from everywhere, not just this guy, but from everywhere. I'll tell you a, a, a really wonderful experience that I had once, which was that there was, I, I was in um, Fairfield, Iowa, which was a town, uh, it had Marshall University of Management in it, and there were uh, a couple thousand of us who were there trying to create world peace through these very uh, long group meditation and advanced meditation techniques, which have been documented by like 38 studies that it actually has its influence. And so we, we were spending so many hours, uh, you know, a couple times a day. It was, it was a longer program, not the regular 20-minute TM twice a day thing, but for those who wanted to, to do more. And so I was there, and the building that we were doing this in was very crowded. There were far more people than could actually fit given the space. And so all of the, everybody, the men were in one place and the women were another. You, when you, you sat, you sat pretty much literally on top of the guy. If you sat cross-legged, uh, the guy next to you had to be a few inches forward or backwards. So your knees didn't overlap. It was that crowded. And one day, guys came down and sat next to me and, it, and it, there were without getting into the whole thing there i i had to sit where i was sitting there it, it was a, a structure of the thing there weren't many options for me and again there weren't many places to go because there were too many people but so i couldn't move so this guy sat next to me and he had been a guy who just had really rough energy 
And we've all run into these people where you don't even want to be in the room with them. And I had literally crossed the street, you know, a, a, a two-lane highway going both ways. I'd literally crossed the street to avoid walking next to him in the past. And suddenly he's sitting next to me. And I, I believe me, I don't want to be there. And yet he's there and I have no options. So I just started thinking, okay, how do, how do, and this is what we can all do. This is the example is here's the situation that is, is intolerable. It's unhappy. It's very, very uncomfortable. I spent the first meditation trying to be about eight feet away on the other side from this guy. And, and yet I'm in this situation. He's there, you know, twice a day. We're doing this thing for hours. And I think, how can I turn this around to my advantage? And if we have that thought, if your listeners just, whatever the situation is, if you have the thought, how can I turn this around to my advantage? There you go. That's the kicker. That's the desire that you want fulfilled. And so what happened is I started thinking, well, if you want love, you give love. If, so I started talking to the guy outside of that meditation time, finding out about him, finding about his job, finding out about his family. And I came to realize that while he had this, you know, rough energy about him, from, from the perspective of what he was doing, he could not have been doing more to advance his, his, himself, to improve himself, to get rid of whatever it was. And I came to appreciate that. And over the course of six months, I just began to appreciate him more and more and more. And, and after about six months of this, of him being next to me twice a day, I had a meditation that was completely the opposite of the first one. Instead of pulling away from him, the entire thing was this huge outpouring of love and appreciation towards him. And after that meditation, he got up and moved away, and I never saw him again. Right. Yeah. And that's what it was needed. I mean... As I said, you see people doing horrific things to each other or people who are in such anger. You know, it's, it's, I like the four agreements, you know, one of them, do not take it personally. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's their issue they're trying to impose on you. And when we take it personally, that's when, you know, confrontation comes. And sometimes it's just simply do not accept it, wish them well and on their way. Or if it is something become repetitive, like this guy was put there for a reason for you. Um, and now you have to look at, okay, what can I do for this person? And sometimes the verbal or the action isn't anything you can do, but the the radiance of love or understanding of caring, you can. And the more and more you give of that, the more and more it penetrates and the more and more they open up to you. Um, you know, and there's some people who say it's a karma in their life to, to never evolve. You know, it just depends what they're here for. Right, and then, but I want to bring this up. This this point about the light. There, there are people who will never receive it, but that doesn't matter. Yeah. Because when when that happens to you and you radiate your light, it's lovely if that person gets it. But whether they do or not, yeah. everyone else, everyone else around benefits. Yeah. When you you know when you bring your candle into the darkness, everybody benefits. Whether you bring it in for a particular person who may decide to move off into a corner into the shadows, it doesn't matter. Still, everyone else around benefits from that. And any time we're generating love or harmony or peace or we're letting go of anger or frustration or the negative things, any time choose not to respond. And in any given moment, we have that option to say, okay, this is, what hap- this is what's happening. What do I want to do with it? 
what do I want to do with it? We get to be a creator in that moment. And when we choose to light the light, heaven applauds us. And sometimes that's all you can be to someone is light. Exactly. You know, their, exactly. their choice is to accept that light uh, and the love that it's given in and use that light to help them out of their own darkness. Um, and But if they choose not to, that is their choice, as you say, maybe a karma they're paying for in life. Um, you know, you talk about the, the divine mother is is the divine intelligent, uh, and divine intelligence. You know, I speak to knowingness um, in the same way, is that we get a sense of knowingness where, you know, it comes through um, our gut, that gut instincts, when we just know something isn't right or is right. And I call that the divine intelligence that comes and then resonates with our heart. Our heart gets excited about it. It's given to our spirit. Our spirit knows now how to act on it. And our mind opens up and knows what it needs to know at the time it needs to know it. And you're in such clarity. There is no doubt. There is no need to validate. You are in such divine truth that just simply what you know is enough. There doesn't have to be an explanation of it. Um, is this the feeling you get from your Divine Mother? No, I have conversations with her. Um, it's, I, I view it. Thank you for asking this. Um, I, I'm, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is opening up a can of worms. Okay. Um, I'll answer the question. I am, look, we're, we're all multidimensional beings. Yes. But most of us don't experience it because we allocate dream, you know, we allocate dreams to a non-reality or to fantasy or something. We don't take it seriously because we have we've never been trained <clears throat> how to interpret the events as the events unfold. But nevertheless, dreams happen. It's a different state of consciousness, and reality is different in different states of consciousness. The room that you're in now becomes non-existent when you fall asleep, and it could be the moon when you dream. But if somebody comes in and looks at your body, your body's still in the room. So we have these different experiences of different states of consciousness. There are many different states. Marishi talks about seven different distinct states of consciousness. I believe Buddha talked about, you know, so many. Shankar talked about so many. Lord Christ. And and it's it's all lovely. It's, It's all true knowledge based on, you know, what they're offering the time and what the world can hear but but there's so there's different sets of consciousness there's also different dimensions and in conversations with god god talks to neil donald walsh the author uh, about certain things about the difference in time between this plane of existence and other planes of existence and there's all these different things and the thing is that while all humans are multi-dimensional most humans don't experience in their waking state of consciousness the reality of that, first of all, the reality of that knowingness that you describe, but also that they believe that the the wall in front of them is, is a real solid object. They believe that the food in their mouth has a particular taste, that it has some solidness to it. And it does because that's their experience and it doesn't from a perspective. And I'm explaining all this because when we look at my experiences, that I'm actually very aware of living multiple dimensions simultaneously, which is very awkward um, in terms of my day-to-day life because I forget things like you have to eat um, and things like that here. But it's a very expanded awareness, which um, almost anybody could could 
develop to that level of being aware of different planes of existence and that in those different planes, reality is different, laws of nature are different. For instance, we experience time as linear here. Mm -hmm. We think that, you know, 1914 happened before 1917 and after 1892, and therefore all the events that happened happened in a sequential way. But I had a I had a friend who was having some who was there. Somebody was having a, an Eastern astrology reading, and the person doing the reading said, "Oh, your past life was in the future." In other words, that they were they had been born in the 1950s or 60s or whatever this time, but their previous life had been in 2022 or whatever it was. And yes. when we look at so, so we understand that possibility. So when I talk to Divine Mother, I'm very aware of Divine Mother as bridging unbounded, infinite awareness, that wholeness from which all of creation springs and which pervades all of creation. We talk about a little bit in, in, the non, in terms of infinity in the book, um, it's the first chapter, but it, pervade, it actually pervades everything. But, but when I talk about Divine Mother, it's, the person, it's a personality that you can actually have conversations with, and who, by the way, has an incredible sense of humor, um, that bridges and gives rise to subsequent and numerous and numerous levels before we get anywhere near this level. And we're kind of aware of you know, all, these, all these different levels. Um, I don't know if that answered your oh, question yes, or yes. not. Yes, I mean, you know, um, divine knowledge, we, we don't dictate where it comes from. You know, um, whatever dimension, uh, whatever you know, time frame, um, from whomever, um, you know, the knowledge comes to you and it's, it's just supreme. It, it is divine and it's truth, uh, and it's useful and, you know, it's given to us to, to act on and we can act on it in trust because we do trust it. And, and you know it when you feel it, you know, this truth, you know, it's not any doubt or any hoax or there isn't any confusion about it. And, um, you know, multi-dimensional, um, you know, the living, a, um, you know, a past life from the future, it, time overlaps itself, um, rather like in a little black hole that goes through time. Um, we fold over each other, and uh, I have quite a lot of experiences from the future as well as way back in the past, because I've lived quite a number of lifetimes, and I remember some of them. Um, so we just have to be open to... You know, we we will in this lifetime receive something that is our channel, our channel of communication. And when we get into that channel of communication, that's where our knowingness comes from. And for you, it's, you know, the, the Divine Mother, and you may open that channel for other people to receive that way. Other people, as you say, may have a direct link to God, other people from different dimensions. It's just finding that channel to which we can be open and receive from. Um, I, I want to say you say you said um, emphatically we will find that channel and we will if we are open yeah. to it. And this is, an, this is an important point because a lot of people are simply not open. Remember, I said before, fifty percent are not able to receive even if they're exactly what they want. They're not able to receive it. And I've seen you know situations of homeless people that are given money and they immediately turn around and give it to the next person because they yes. just can't receive it. Not because I, I understand that people are being credited for being generous and in one way they are, but in some cases it's fear. I can't take this. If I take this, in the, in the case of a homeless person, it's, if I take this, I have to become a 
responsible. I don't want to become responsible. That's not what I'm doing. That's why I'm homeless. So, and people choose a different path. And this openness, I I want to just touch on in two things. One is this, this idea of we allow all possibilities. We allow the possibility that without fear, because it doesn't matter. Aliens are not aliens. It doesn't matter if aliens come and they give us a great TV show, more power to them, you know? I mean, if they give us some technology that helps on disease, you know, if they come and terrorize us, that's one thing, but nobody's coming to do that at this point in time here. So, so we, so we have no reason to fear yet. And in some countries in the world, UFOs are effective, a way of life. They understand them in some, and in some parts of the world, it's a huge terror. And, and if we allow the openness to experience whatever is presented to us and to allow it to be something new, and we choose to open and find that channel, we will find it. If you ask for that channel and you open and allow it, you can't ask for the channel and then say that it can only come between 5 and 5.02 <laughs> yes. a.m. on my telephone, yes. uh, you know, and it has to come from a 213. But, you know, on these shows, I already believe that our listeners have made the choice and give themselves permission to receive and that they are inquiring minds, inquiring souls that are looking for their path because for them to have actually made the choice to click on the show and listen to it means they're already far ahead and so for me when I speak about people finding it living in their possibilities I'm talking to the people that have already made the decision to seek them and and I would like to address those people because you're right except that I will say that a portion of your audience still has remnants of Fear. Don't we all? I mean, it's there with everybody. There's always some little fear tapping on your shoulder. It's just to, you know, basically turn around and tell it to piss off. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one way, but we can also just gently move out of it. But what I wanted to do was just encourage them that, that fear is some remnant of something that's not appropriate anymore. Yep. You can you can aggressively turn around and tell it to piss off, or you can just act anyway just make that leap do that choice see that thing and go ahead because i'm I'm trying to empower these people who are still who are just so close to the edge and all they have to do is take that leap do it just do it just do it and and trust uh, uh, god will always catch you Uh, and sometimes you know you'll land in a spot and you're only meant to be there for a moment and then there's another leap and you may have several leaps in your lifetime before you find that valley where I can now be here in peace and do the work that I'm meant to do. Um, it's a journey. And Life is a journey. The, and oh, enjoy it. Yes. Enjoy the leap. Yes. Absolutely. Have a great time. It's, it's quite etheric, you know, when you, when you get out there and you do something beyond your own expectations. And, and you look at yourself afterwards, my goodness, look what I just did. What else am I capable of? Exactly, exactly, exactly. And that's actually the whole purpose of creation is unboundedness says, hey, if I have all possibilities within me, let me see them. And it continues to create because it's, wow, that's really cool. What else can I do? Well, I can have war and pain and huge suffering. And at the same time that that's going on, I can have incredible unbounded bliss and love and harmony coexisting simultaneously. And that's an achievement. And that's one of the reasons this world exists, is to allow us, and this is, 
this is that testing point. This is, you know, a lot of the being and a lot of your listeners and, you know, we have this light workers course because only a, a, a single, only about 3% of the people who came here to be light workers on the planet are actually doing, it's not quite 3%, are actually doing it because they got inundated with life here. And that's the purpose is this is, you know, when, when, when the, when the person creates the blacksmith creates the sword he takes the metal and he softens it and he pounds it and he softens it and when he gets the sword to be exactly what he wants what does he do the last step is he sticks it in the fire and gets it glowing red hot and then he plunges it into ice cold water into the into the most extreme contrast to make it invincible you're yeah. all beings of divine light, of divine love, and the, the, the opportunity that we have here is to make that love so invincible that even in war-torn areas, even in uh, the most extreme duress, we can still find and live that unbounded joy. There's, I, I mentioned that book, Return from Tomorrow. There's, uh, he, he, towards the end, he, he, he ends up going to, this is, this, the whole thing happens during World War II towards the end of it. And he ends up in Europe as a physician's assistant uh, right at the end, right after peace has been declared. And they're going up and cleaning up, you know, all the, they're, he's, he's, they're sent to a concentration camp and, and helping, you know, get everybody to find their family, do whatever that is, uh, help heal whoever who's sick. And when he gets there, he meets this one man, and in the, in he, they, they call him Wild Bill Hickok because of his mustache and the way he is. And this man is from Poland, and he's healthy and he's strong and he's vibrant, and for the first, and he's very helpful. He's there first thing in the morning, and he's there last thing in the night, always going, you know, can't you help this person? They've been here all day, kind of thing. Always being very helpful always being an intermediary between everybody. And, and the, the person, the, the author of the book says, you know, he thinks the guy's only been there a few days because he's so healthy and vibrant. And it turns out he's been there for like six or seven years from the beginning of the war. And, 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 it, and the, the man's story is that um, Nazis came charged into whatever country it was, Poland or whatever it was, lined up everybody in town against the walls and shot them, including his wife and children all of his kids and they pulled him out in spite of his begging that they do the same because he knew several languages and was about whatever whatever his culture <laughs> they felt he would be useful so they did this and he and he watched his family being mowed down and he said and right there in that instance he he, he knew he had a choice he could either choose to hate or he could choose to love and he chose love and he went into that concentration camp, and he was the one that everybody turned to, whether they were the people running the camp or whether they were the people in the camp. Whenever anybody had a problem, they went to him because he was just pouring out love. He was just pouring out love. Yeah, and and the, the author of the book said this was the first time that he saw since he had come back to life that the, the same brilliance and love in the eyes of a person that he had seen in Lord Christ, just the embodiment of that. So we have these choices, we have these choices, and, and this, this, this training ground, or whatever you want to call it, is just that extreme, there's only one place worse than this, and very few go there, and if you can get it right here, if you can get unbounded love here, 
then in all the dimensions and all the spaces and everything, you are gold, you are platinum, you are the sun, you are the stars, you are the moon, you are God. It's incredible what you can do. And I don't mean God, God to over, I mean, you know, just that level of yeah. enjoyment, of fullness, of bliss, of radiating and experiencing just every aspect of involvement as nothing other than your own unbounded self reverberating in waves of love and bliss, regardless of whether there's pain or not. It doesn't matter. Well, it is from pain that we find joy. Um, and it is joy that we always have to seek, even if you know if we have known pain. We have give, because if we don't, we get eaten up. Um, and we have to learn that love is actually the cure. Um, love is the answer. Love unites and, um, you know, love is what brings peace to everything. And sometimes it's hard to find that when people are hurting you. But you have to learn to remove that pain or remove that hurt. If you can't do anything to educate or, or change that person's mind, walk away. And be that light for someone else who's ready to receive it. Because not everybody, as we have said before, is ready to receive the light. So shed your light on those that are wishing to see. For those that don't, that is up to them if they wish to seek their own light at some point in time. I, I thought, Would you please let everybody... I, thought, Sorry? I wanted to add a little technique, but I don't know if we have time. It's going to give your listeners a technique to help them with this. It'll take about a minute. Do we have yeah, Yes, yes, yes. Go ahead. Okay. So, so here's the thing. That when, you know, we, we just said that, you know, we're the sword that's being put in the cold water. It's our love, it's our ability to love that's being put in the cold water. So when this, these situations come, and we do want to have the influence on the environment, but we want to have, we want to take care of ourselves. And the first thing that we, that when, when we're feeling jarred within, what we want to ask is, what is it within me that allows me to be upset or angry or want to revenge or whatever it is that we look within and what is it within me that allows this experience to be this way again we can trip and and, and it can be a horrendous life-altering event or we can laugh and walk away what is it within me that allows that causes me to feel that this is excruciatingly embarrassing what is it within me that this allows me to to, to love so this this idea just turning within and saying, okay, here's the situation. What is it within me that allows me to see this as bad? That allows me to see this as a cause of pain or as something that I feel I need to, you know, change around me. Um, it's just a thought. And if they want to play with it, it's something they can play with. So. Well, there is a great segment into leading everybody how they can find you and your programs that you offer and your book, how they can buy that. Would you let everybody know how they can get hold of you, please? Sure. Or they can go to gifts from the gifts is plural gifts from devotion.com they can go to davidadelson.com but it's harder to spell so that's why we have gifts from devotion.com <laughs> it's the same site we have a youtube channel with dozens of empowering and shipping and divinely guided uh videos some of we have one some of our uh just six second videos we believe that there's a switch just as that experience of the man who was sick for for nine years and someone comes and gives him this switch we believe that there are very simple switches that are scattered around uh, and we create them so that you don't have to have a horrendous earth-shattering change to make a change but rather there's simple switches so we actually have a bunch of uh, six-second videos that are just those switches they're free uh, go to um, look for our gifts from devotion channel on youtube 
Uh, we're on Facebook. It's Gifts from Devotion. Um, just do a search for it. And I think we have a Twitter account, but it's D-E-V-N, because Twitter and Gifts is on the website. We send out newsletters and offers all the time. Um, I particularly would like to encourage people, and we have a, a number of silent DVDs, and these DVD programs are actually programs. So will you please tell us how people can get hold of you, uh, your site, and how they can take a program, what kind of programs you offer, and also how they can purchase your book. Okay. Um, our, thank you for asking. Our site is davidadelson.com, A-D-E-L-S-O-N.com, but gifts from devotion, gifts is plural, from devotion might be easier for most people because it's easier to spell. And they're the same site. One just kicks over to the other one. And on that, we have uh, videos. We offer videos and DVDs and courses. We have a course coming up called the Desire Course, which is uh, four, four or five lessons, a couple hours of each, which is a piece which is a direct connection. The course is uh, guided by Divine Mother, and it removes blocks and uh, huge clearings and healings for everyone involved. That's coming up um, end of September, October. We have silent DVDs that people can purchase and play in the background at work or at home that will change uh, their life. It'll change the energy around them. Pets love them. They go and sit in front of it for hours. Uh, they've had a very profound effect in business meetings, changing antagonistic meetings to very harmonious meetings. We've changed the outcome of soccer games in Europe, playing one over the loudspeaker system without telling anybody because they're completely silent. They have the divine frequencies and wholeness. And uh, there's some videos. You just look them up on their website. Um, uh, com and look under the store and it'll take you to the different DVDs. They're very profound. The book is there. The book is um, 77 pages and 150 or 160 pictures. It's a picture book. It's meant to be fun. It's meant to be light. And it's meant to help you overcome all kinds of obstacles and grow in your own wholeness and in your own purpose and, and help you in in uh, every way possible, and, and it's, a, it's a quick download. You can get it and get it immediately. It's an ebook in PDF format, so it'll run on most systems. And uh, we have art there that you can look at. You can buy it or you can even look at it online, and it'll have an influence on you. Everything that we do, we are on Facebook at Gifts from Devotion. We are, just do a search for that. On YouTube, we have dozens and dozens of videos that are free of knowledge and switches to help people overcome obstacles or to get rid of negativity in life or to move them into love or friendliness or whatever, as well as some uh, more um, knowledge-based programs, which are also designed to help you switch. All of our programs are designed at the deepest level within you to change the frequencies at the subtlest level that make up your experience in the direction of heaven and in the direction of happiness. And we say heaven means, means all the good things you can think of, whatever that is, wealth, prosperity, happiness, wholeness. Probably shouldn't use the word heaven because it's... But, um, but the idea of, you know, many good things, friendliness or finding love or whatever. On Twitter, we are Gifts from Devotion. Devotion is um, abbreviated D-E-V-O-T-N. And I think it's, I think it's Gifts from Devotion on... Um, uh, Google Plus as well. So these are, they can reach me at email at david at davidadelson.com or david at gifts from devotion.com. Again, easier. 
And we have uh, a number of free programs, and we have a number of extremely powerful, expensive programs, and anybody who goes should be able to find something that can benefit their life in their price range and everything. So that's, that was the plan. Excellent. Wonderful. Well, you know, thank you for doing the work that you're doing. Um, you know, well, I think the first thing people need to understand is they're not alone. Uh, there are people out there that are there to help them. And, uh, you know, it's it's a question of making that choice to, you know, overcome fear and say, okay, there has to be something better out there. There has to be a, a different reason for living. There has to be some joy and laughter that people look, you know, talk about. I want some of that and I'm willing to take the steps forward. So with all of your programs, you've got step by steps on how people can do that. And uh, thank you very, very much for, for creating that. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's it's a great joy to be able to uh, to do all the work that I do, and it's a great joy to be able to talk to people like yourself and, and to know about your listeners and to just encourage them. They're, they're all doing so well, and if they could see it from the divine perspective, so many of them are getting standing ovations, even though they may not be aware of it, and they should applaud themselves. They should absolutely them. Excellent, excellent. And you know, I'm really interested in those tapes with the, the frequency sound. Senior dog, I think that would help her a great deal. So um, lots of things we can do. I mean, that's just great, something to have in the background while you're in the transition to help you, you know, with that background frequency to help shift you over so that you're ready to action. So I think that's a great first step. Uh, yeah, they're, they're amazing. And, and what you find is that you, there are ways that you actually don't have to overcome fear but you just kind of sidestep it and let it go by. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you uh, know, turn so around and tell it to piss off. <laughs> yeah, you know. That you just You're not like, serving me. You may go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or not even addressing it and just kind of like yeah. sidestepping it and letting the bull go by like the matador does. And yes. Just, and, and, and there's some, but, but they need to learn them and they need to know that they're available. And we offer, as I said, YouTube channel. We have dozens of the free. You know, don't yeah. take advantage. Get get healed. Get whole. Yeah. Be wonderful. Enjoy bliss. And know? there's plenty of other beautiful words out there that we could give energy to that can do far more for us. And we've just got to be willing to embrace them. Thank you so much for being on the air with me. Uh, as I say, thank you for the work that you do. And, you know, folks, just don't be afraid to take that first step. You know, there's so many little things you can do that can lead to the bigger things that you you will do. And then when you do do them, you will understand why you've done them. So until next time, folks, um, be kind to yourself and just open up your heart. Thank you very much.